what are the top three books that you recommend every trader read? They don't have to be trading books. Okay, but that's good because I've only read one trading book. And that was <laughs> you don't have to learn to trade alone. Welcome to the Trading Lifestyle Podcast, where we interview professional currency traders and industry experts who can help you improve your trading and your life. And now, your host, Hugh Kimura. Hello traders, this is Hugh Kimura, and welcome to another episode of the Trading Lifestyle Podcast, brought to you by TradingHeroes.com. Today I'm broadcasting from the beautiful Boston Common in Boston, Massachusetts. I'm here to meet some FX folks, so just waiting for my Airbnb to be ready so I can check in, and then I'll be off to my meeting after that. I must look kind of weird here because I have a computer and a microphone and I'm talking to myself, but uh, whatever. In today's interview, I had the pleasure of speaking with Andrew Mitchum, and I bet you can't guess what he was doing before he got into Forex trading. He gives us a lot of great insights into how he trades, so be sure to take some notes, and I hope you enjoy the show. And if you really like the show, it'd be awesome if you could leave a positive review on iTunes. All right, here's the interview. Before we get started, this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only, and is not investment, trading, or financial advice of any kind. But in this episode, you might get advice on how to rope a bull. As you know, Forex or any type of trading is very risky and you could lose all of your money. Seriously. And finally, past performance does not indicate future results. All right, now on to the show. Hey, Andrew, thanks for coming on the show. Hi there, Hugh. How are you? Pretty good. How about yourself? Yeah, great. Thank you. All right. So what were you doing before you became a trader? Uh, he was actually a dairy farmer. What? Uh, wow. A little bit different to most people's background, probably. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, yeah. I... I um, emigrated from England in my early 20s, mm -hmm. came to New Zealand uh, to pursue farming and uh, and yeah, so a dairy farming background and also um, I've worked in the industry as a, a breeding consultant also. Wow, very interesting. Okay, so how did you get into uh, forex trading then? Uh, forex trading actually came about um, through an advert that I heard on the radio of all things uh, while I was still farming. Um, going through a, a divorce at the time, I had a two-year-old son. Mm -hmm two or three and um, and I heard a an ad for forex trading I had a little bit of an understanding of what it was because in New Zealand we get paid on equivalent of the US dollar on the exchange rate and in farming that is and um, yeah I, I went along thinking it was one of those too good to be true type of courses <laughs> and um, but I actually although it kind of was like that um, I actually got really excited by the whole concept of trading and um, after finishing farming, um, which was more through um, force than choice <coughs> at the time, mm -hmm. um, Forex actually was something that I was really interested in and, and got quite excited by and so then took the next number of years to, through trial and error to work out how I could make um, you know, profitable trades. Okay, awesome. Um, what drew you to Forex the most? What did you like about it? I liked the fact that I could so work from home, I like the fact that the setup costs were not huge. Um, I like the fact that it actually gave me a really good understanding of what was happening in the world. Mm -hmm. And I think also from someone who had been in farming when I was quite, um, you know, you have high debt in farming and you're quite controlled in terms of your your income, in terms of what you can produce. You're quite at risk from things like weather and disease. Mm -hmm. And you're quite limited in terms of like land size and farm size, and so I like the fact that with forex you didn't really have any, um, you know, any sort of um, 
growth issues because once you understood trading, the actual income side of things was more reflected on um, your account size and how well you traded. So, you know, there was no, it, it wasn't like going out and getting a job when I was on $20 an hour and that was all I was ever going to get. You know, the actual mm -hmm. growth side of things from Forex was dependent on how good I was. And also, I, I liked purely at the time about the fact that I could buy and sell mm -hmm. and it didn't really matter which currency pair I was trading or which direction the, it was moving in and to me at the time that was something quite new because you know obviously most people think about buying property or buying shares or something and uh, hoping it's going to go up rather than you know um, anticipating what the next move is going to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah that makes a lot of sense. Uh, so I guess you said the, the first course wasn't that great um, so who were your biggest mentors when you were trying to learn? Um, I was at the time just, I mean, back then there wasn't so much the information that there is now. There wasn't all, also the, I suppose, you know, the sort of scrutiny on a lot of companies. And so at the time, <laughs> I was more through trial and error, to be honest with you, looking at um, different websites. Um, I did read um, one of the books, the Elliott Wave um, book, I think Robert Pritchard's book. But to be honest, most of my influences was trial and error and working out for me what was going to actually make sense. Mm -hmm. Okay, I see. Yeah, that, I've, I've seen that a lot. About how long did it take you to uh, get you know, consistently profitable? Um, unfortunately, about four years. Okay. Um, quite a long time, but um, very frustrating at the time, of course, because just when you think you're making some money, you then lose some, and mm -hmm. you end up going around in circles. And, and at the time, I suppose, when I started, um, Indicators were such a big thing, yeah, and I suppose in some ways they still are for the new trader. But you know, I like probably most new traders got drawn into the, you know, the sort of trying to work out the combination of indicators that work for me and optimizing <laughs> yeah. things. And you know, like everybody, you go through that because it just looks so cool to have all these lines and graphs and things on your charts. Um, but yeah, it took a few years of figuring out that it wasn't the best thing out there, but it just looked pretty cool at the time. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Well, actually, I mean, four years from what I've seen before is kind of in the middle. I mean, it's not too bad, actually. So that's great. Um, what do you think is the biggest myth that most people come into Forex believing? Um, come into Forex or when they start trading? Um, I guess both. Okay. Um, one of the things that I'm always very um, passionate about trying to help people with is that most people in my opinion, I believe that they have to make pips in order to be profitable. Mm -hmm. And if you ask me a question, which I hope you're not going to, but if you ask me, <laughs> and said, how many pips do I make? I honestly have no idea because I don't measure pips. I don't measure my success in pips. Mm -hmm. I can't go down to a shop and buy something because I've made X number of pips this week. Mm -hmm. And I think what the pips mentality does is it distorts people from really understanding how good they are as a trader. It also, I think, blocks people from um, trading longer time frame charts. You know, everybody's trying to sort of mm -hmm. say, oh, if I can make 10 pips in a day, I'm going to be really good. Mm -hmm. um, you know, pips to me doesn't really matter. I'm much more um, looking for how much I risk on a trade as opposed to how much I make on a trade. Mm -hmm. And therefore, that takes me away from having to worry about whether it's a five-minute time frame chart or a monthly chart. You know, um, so I like to have controlled risk on each trade. And um, that's regardless of how big a stop loss I have on the trade. So what I do is I actually um, have my lot size influence the trade, mm -hmm. my position size. 
Uh, and I think that is one of those myths out there because most people will tell you I'm making you know 1,000 pips a week or whatever it might be. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and I like to sort of almost completely ignore the pips and actually worry about the risk that you're taking as opposed to the gains you're making. That's true. And you could, uh, you could actually make 10 pips but have a big uh, have a small position size and then lose five pips but have a huge position size and you'll be net negative and exactly. the pips don't really, pips don't really matter right yes I, I had um in my early time of trading i actually had a guy who really got the concept beautifully and um and i think it, it goes something along the lines i don't have the exact figures in front of me but he made like he was making like like a um, a negative pips or something, but made you know really good profit because um, because his his um, you know he was making really good um, trades. I forget how exactly it goes to be honest with you, but he ended up you know just completely showing the fact that pips are not that important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it totally makes sense. Um, so, what's your best forex trading related story? It could be like a success story or something funny or inspiration or whatever you think would be interesting uh, trading story I just like the fact that so many people from different backgrounds um, that I've helped to teach mm-hmm. and myself would be a prime example um, have done really well okay. and I like the fact that you don't have to have a background in the finance world mm-hmm. um, and really anybody who dedicates themselves to wanting to learn more can actually be you know, a really good trader. Um, as a personal um, success story, my very first non-farm payrolls or non-farm employment changes, it's called now. Um, back in the days when you could straddle trades and you didn't have sort of um, big spreads and things, mm-hmm. um, I made it was ten percent within about twenty seconds, and wow. um, <laughs> you just can't do that now. But back then, you know. Um, it, I just couldn't sleep all night because the, the non-farm payrolls comes out between 12.30 and 2.30 a.m. here, depending mm-hmm. on the time of the year. And um, I was just on a complete and utter high, a big buzz that I'd made like 10% on my account <laughs> in 20 seconds. And <laughs> I didn't really know how I did it. I just put a straddle on to buy stop here and a sell stop there. Mm-hmm. And whichever got in, I was frantically trying to delete the other one and, <laughs> uh, and just close the trade. And uh, for no technical reason whatsoever, just press close and it just happened to be you know, a huge gap when the non-farm payrolls used to move massive amounts, mm-hmm. you know, two or 300 pips, um, you know, big, big gaps. And um, yeah, that was really quite cool. I see. Yeah, that's awesome. No, yeah. I mean, I think all of us can kind of relate to being up at night uh, with uh, too big of a position or whatever. So that's yeah. a good story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, can you share with us how you trade? Yeah, sure. Um, now I've gone and talked about non-farm payrolls. I mean, really, I am a, a, a technical trader. Mm-hmm. Um, I like um, starting off with the daily charts each day mm-hmm. and getting an understanding of where the likely strength and weaknesses are likely to be for that upcoming day. And then that, in some way, influences how I look at charts throughout that next day. So um, I'm, I'm definitely a, a candle pattern fan. Mm-hmm. I like support and resistance levels. I like round numbers like the, the uh, 50 levels and the 0, zero levels, the strong psychological levels. And um, yeah, so I'm mostly primarily looking for a candle shape or a candle pattern. So the way I trade is I only ever place a, or look to place a new position on the completion of a candle. Mm-hmm. So whether that be a day chart or a four-hour chart or an hour chart, whatever it might be, I don't... Um, look at taking a trade midway through a candle okay okay cool um 
do you just have like a couple or maybe like a couple dozen? Could you give us an idea of how many? How many um, traits pa- or, or patterns that you look for? Um, I've got around four main candle patterns that I'm looking for. I mean, I'm lo- either looking for um, reversal traits, mm-hmm. so as in like the um, the currency pairs moved up, and then all of a sudden I'm getting some indecision, and then a reversal pattern, or I'm looking for a continuation where you may have an uptrend, a slight retracement, and then looking at going long again. So those are the main two um, sort of structures I'm looking for, mm-hmm. but I've got about four different candle patterns that help me decide that. Okay, very cool, interesting. Um, why do you prefer the daily charts? Why not like the one-minute charts? Purely for enjoyment of trading. Mm-hmm. And I believe that different time or different people are suited to different time frame trading. Um, what I like about the way that I trade is that it can be used, the identical principle can be used across all time frame charts. Mm-hmm. And I've got a number of clients who trade, some even trade one minute charts or five and 15 minute charts, and they do very, very well. Mm-hmm. Um, I much prefer the longer time frame chart. I like to place my um, position on. Generally, on the longer time frames, I place pending orders, so limit orders. Mm-hmm. So if I'm looking to buy, let's say, I'm, I'm looking for a limit order. So I'm looking for the price to retrace first, fill me at a better price, and then head into my anticipated direction. What that generally does, if that happens, is it gives you a higher reward from your trade. Mm-hmm. And um, yes, yeah, so I, I like to um, trade in that way. I like the longer time frame charts. I also have um, software that works on the MT4 account that allows me to develop um, what they call offline charts. So I have 12-hour charts, six-hour charts, rather than the standard MT4 account charts. Um, I just much prefer those longer time frames because it allows you to realistically trade, you know, day in, day out without being glued to your charts all day. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Okay. Is that a custom-built software or did you buy that somewhere? No, I've, um, I've had it written for me. Oh, I see. Okay. Cool. It's a great piece of software because otherwise you're limited between a four-hour chart and then the next longest is a daily chart. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and so um, I like looking when I look at the daily charts myself, which is uh, on the five o'clock close of New York time. I can look at the one hour, the four, the six, the eight, and the twelve, and the daily all at exactly the same time. Mm-hmm. So it means that you know, as we're talking right now, I know that I've got another hour and three quarters before any potential new chart which will be on the four hour close mm-hmm. so it just allows you to go and plan your day and do other things rather than being completely glued to your charts yeah no makes sense i i totally agree with that too i'm more of a daily uh type trader also mm. um what are your greatest strengths and weaknesses as a trader i like to think my strength would be consistency mm-hmm. i try not to let emotions um get in the way of my trading and I like to be quite consistent in terms of what I do every day of the trading week is much the same you know I never arrive at my charts um, late because one um, I've got you know, thousands of people waiting on what I'm writing each day <laughs> um, but I also I believe you need to have that consistency within your trading mm-hmm. um, weaknesses um, I suppose you could argue that in some ways I don't look too much to change what I do. I think that could be a good thing also, but um, I'm very comfortable with the way I trade. Um, I've been trading that same way for years now through all different market conditions, but I don't tend to go out there looking for 
other things which you could either describe as a weakness or a strength depending mm-hmm. on which way you look at it yeah um, you know but i tend to find that what i'm doing suits really well it works well um it's worked for years so why change it yeah exactly awesome um yeah looking for new things sometimes can just confuse you and mess up what's already working so absolutely great yeah. point there yeah um i noticed that you don't take students right away on your website you just have them contact you first um why is that I'm always um, really keen on having people to coach mm-hmm. who want to be coached properly, um, you know. And so I try to, um, I suppose I, I try to sort of go through and see one: can I help that person? You know, what is it they're looking for? What is it they need? Um, can I? Am I the right person to do it? Because if they come to me and say, "Look, you know, I want to learn about news trading and something else," then Realistically, I'm not probably the right person. If someone comes to me and says, "Look, I want to learn about technical trading. Um, you know, I'm prepared to put some time into this, some effort into this," um, then that's the person that I'm needing. Um, if someone's comes to me and says, "You know, like all I can afford is a hundred dollars um, to be taught," mm-hmm. then realistically, they're not the right person for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like to put a lot of personal time and effort into ensuring that my um, my clients, my students, succeed. Mm-hmm. And so, in terms of you know, realistically, time that's available for me to write to them and and for having people on my webinars, um, I need to ensure that um, we're the right fit for each other. Okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I've just never seen that too much, so I, I was just wondering. But uh, yeah, that makes total sense. I'm really not into just mass numbers of people and taking people's money that's not what I want you know number one I'm always a trader myself first Mm -hmm. and number two I'm a coach and I've always sort of been quite you know sort of straight about that and so um, I'm not I'm not doing the coaching purely to get you know income from lots and lots of people Mm -hmm. who aren't really suited to it yeah that makes sense totally respect that for sure Um, what is one trait that you see most often in your successful students they take their time. Oh, okay. You know, they, they don't rush into things. Mm-hmm. That would be the most successful people. You know, some people, doesn't matter what you tell them, they're going <laughs> to rush into it and they want to know everything within the first day. Mm-hmm. You know, and the, and some people do ask questions and it's like, well, hey, look, you know, just go and read this properly or go and attend a webinar of mine, you know, and you'll see the answers develop, which is why um, I always say to people, give this, you know, one, two, or three months before you even think about going live. Mm-hmm. Even if you're finding that it's working really well for you really quickly, you know, I like people to, um, I'll give you an example. I, I say to some people, like, I'd much rather, I'm talking to you in a year's time, and you say, hey, Andrew, look, um, it took me two or three months, um, and then I went live, and then I started slowly, but now I'm just loving it, and I'm flying. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going really well, making great returns, really happy with everything, as opposed to people who jump in both feet head or head first, you know, everything needs to be done this day or this week, and they have some good trades, then they crash. And and so I suppose the people who are methodical, they attend my webinars, they log into my website each day to see um, my analysis and the trades that I'm taking, Mm -hmm. and they accept that it's not going to go perfect from day one. You know, they accept there's a bit of time and effort and commitment on their behalf. Mm-hmm. And and I find that those people um, who ask the you know the, the right questions and um, and stick at it, those are the people who become really good successful students. Oh, okay, oh, that's good to know. 
I think, yeah, a lot of people think that it is a get rich quick kind of thing, but um, it really is like a regular job. You have to, you have to learn it. So exactly, yeah, and you have to enjoy it as well. You know, you've got to want to come into this with a bit of a passion and enjoyment for it. Yeah, it's a great point for sure. Um, so maybe this is a little off topic, but uh, every location has its benefits and drawbacks. Um, what are the, some of the benefits and drawbacks of trading from New Zealand? Well, one, New Zealand's probably about the best country in the world to live, so that's always a good <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> So uh, as a trading point of view, um, I really enjoy it because in my morning at this time of year, mm-hmm. uh, 5 o'clock New York time, which is when my, I make my analysis of the upcoming day, it's 9 o'clock in the morning here. Ah. So at 9 o'clock in the morning, I can make my analysis, I place my trades, and I'm done because then we head into the Asian session and generally not too much happens in our daytime. Mm -hmm. And then the European session starts in my sort of afternoon time. Um, And although I don't trade specific sessions, it does allow me to place my trades on the daily charts and get an understanding of where the likely direction is going to be for the next day. Mm -hmm. And then I've got the majority of the the daytime to either help clients um, and or go and do whatever I want to do, take my own trades or do my own thing. Mm -hmm. And then in the evening time, it means that when the European session starts, generally, of course, then we get a bit of market activity happening. And I can then place, you know, some trades in the European time. And uh, I'd never trade actually into the US session because for me, that's the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's actually really good um, for people who are not full-time trading, um, New Zealand is actually a really good place to trade from mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, realistically, most people who come to me, you know, do have a job of some description or family or kids to look after. And so from here, it means you can do that type of thing in the daytime and then trade uh, in the evening. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I know some places are really tough to trade from just because of the time differences. Yeah, um, but even with that, I've got, in my last count, I've got clients who I've taught in 52 countries. So everybody has, you know, sort of different restrictions and restraints on time of day that suits them better or not, um, you know, with work and family. Mm-hmm. And so because I much prefer the longer time frame charts and I do use those limit orders rather than having to be there right at that time that the candle closes, you know, I'm not taking that many market orders. And mm-hmm. um, you can put limit orders on and you know, you don't need to be at your charts at a specific time. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense, totally. Um, what are the top three books that you recommend every trader read? They don't have to be trading books. Okay, but that's good because I've only read one trading book, and that was the <laughs> LA theory that I mentioned years ago that I read. Um, but, you know, having said that, although um, I find personally the Elliott Wave um, type of theory, um, I find it good in hindsight, a lot of those things. Mm. Uh, it did get me into fib. Fibonacci levels, and I am, you know, a, a big fan of fib levels, but I've developed my own kind of style of using them in a more practical way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the trading book. Um, I'm a big fan personally, and I read a lot of all of his books um, a few years ago. Robert Kiyosaki, the guy who wrote Rich Dad Poor Dad. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of his uh, principles. Um, I like what he writes. They're very easy to understand books. And the books do tend to sort of have the same sort of philosophy, you know, time after time after time. Mm -hmm. Uh, What I I suppose I think would be good for a lot of people coming into trading who have, let's say, a a normal standard job 
is that trading gets you away from that mentality of having to work so many hours for so much pay. Mm. And I think that's one thing that um, most people should take out of books like Rich Dad Poor Dad. And and that's where trading is, is such a great you know a job or career or however you want to describe it because mm. you know it's not determined by how hard you work. It's about the quality of what you do. Oh, that's a great point. I never looked at it that way, but yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I'm yeah, I'm a big fan so, of Kiyosaki too. Yeah, I mean, I like it for the I like his sort of principles in terms of the property, which I'm a you know I'm also a property investor, but um, which I like the way that he um, he sort of helped that. But I think the psychology behind getting away from you know having to work X number of hours for X number of pay, and the only way you're going to get more pay is to work a higher level job or more stress, mm-hmm. um, whereas trading. It's completely different to that. Yeah, that's true. You just have to become a better trader. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So I guess that's a good segue into the next question, which is, um, what's what does the trading lifestyle mean to you, or what kind of lifestyle has trading afforded you? Uh, freedom would be probably one word I'd use. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, you know, highly value what trading's given me, um, and. And so I've got you know wife and five kids and wow. a lifestyle property, a few acres. We're, we're pretty fortunate of where we live and the country we live in. Mm-hmm. But also means that trading does allow us to do things you know that's not completely. I don't have to go away and work. You know I, I do work from home. Mm-hmm. Um, that has its good points and its bad points, of course, when kids <laughs> are married. Um, but yeah, it, it has afforded us that, and we can travel. You know, I've um, no, I'm pretty sure you're in San Francisco right now, aren't you? Yeah. Yep, yep. So we went to San Francisco earlier in the year, and, oh, and cool. Europe, Japan, and been trading in India and and all sorts of different places. And when we do travel, the beauty is I just trade then purely weekly charts and daily charts. Mm-hmm. Um, it just means you can continue to do what you do as a as a job for income, mm-hmm. and do that almost anywhere. Um, and like I said, with those longer time frame charts. I don't get glued to my charts, so I know that I can go and do something at home or wherever it might be with the kids or sport, and um, and know when I need to come back and look at my charts again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, well, again, thank you very much, Andrew, for taking the time out. I really appreciate it. Um, if people want to find out more about you, where they should, where should they go? Uh, probably the best thing is to have a look uh, directly at my website, which is theforextradingcoach.com. Mm-hmm. Um, there's plenty of free videos on there all about trading and, and my sort of style of trading. Um, I also have a couple of free webinars. One is designed for people who are fairly new or brand new to trading and the other is designed for people who are slightly more experienced or frustrated. So I have um, two different style of webinars depending on where people are at. Um, yeah, I've got some downloadable products there, trading calculators, etc. But it's just more of a, a an information site for people to find out this is who I am, this is how I trade, Mm -hmm. this is how I help other people and if that's something that they want to know more about, then uh, they can contact me through that site. Okay, great. Yeah, and just on a personal note, I opted into your email list and I really like the videos that I got from that that list, so I would recommend doing that also. Yeah, that's good. Well, I I make a point and, you know, every week there's a a new video there Mm -hmm. and and it's generally, uh, it's does come back to the way that I trade and you know there's a lot of helpful tips and information there for people okay awesome well thanks again Andrew and uh, hope to talk to you soon sounds great thank you Hugh yep
Thank you for listening to the Trading Lifestyle Podcast. To listen to all of the other episodes and get free access to Forex trading tools, tutorials, and resources, visit tradingheroes.com.